is such a great way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. I shall retire to the comfort and solace of my chambers. Dismiss the court. We will convene again at a more convenient time. Well, well, if I may be so bold as to suggest, Your Majesty, that perhaps His Majesty might wish to have audience with uh, one more group before retiring to the quietness of his own chambers? Well, who are they? Oh, a delegation from Israel, Your Majesty. Oh, ambassadors yes. from King David? Yes, Your Majesty. Well, upon what mission? Now they come. Well, they refuse to tell me, Your Majesty, except to say that it is a peaceful mission. Peaceful? <laughs> Shall I send them away, Your Majesty, back to Israel? Well, no, no. I'll see them after I have summoned my wise men and counselors. I want them at the audience so they can advise me how to handle the situation. Members of the Ammonite court, we are come as personal ambassadors of David, king of Israel. Uh, it is an unexpected honor to be received at the Ammonite court by the princes, wise and great men of Ammon. David sends his personal greetings and best wishes. Well, just uh, what does your king want of me? Nothing, your majesty. David sends this word. I will show kindness unto Hanum, son of Nahash, the king of Ammon. Even as Nahash showed kindness unto me when I was a fugitive from Saul. Oh. King David wishes to send words of comfort to his majesty upon the death of his father. My father showed kindness unto David? Yes, your majesty. Your father gave asylum and protection to David when he was a fugitive from the rage of Saul. You think my father did this out of kindness for David? Yes, sir. Your father was a great man. Great? Yes. But kind? No, no, never. He helped David, gave him asylum because he hated Saul so desperately. God? Yes, Your Majesty? Take these men and lock them up until I send for them. Yes, Your Majesty. Locked up. my counselors. You have witnessed the audience with King David's ambassadors. What is your opinion? Oh, King, think you that David desires to honor thy father? That he sent messengers to honor and comfort you? Well, didn't he? Of course not, your majesty. Uh, <laughs> he has sent his ambassadors here to spy out your city uh, and to search it and take it from thee. But my father was kind to David. And we David... are thy wise men and counselors, sir. And if it please thee, we would like to give thee counsel. Well, permission granted. Ambassadors from other nations are given immunity from the laws of our land. They are guaranteed safe conduct to and from our land. But these men from David are not ambassadors in the true sense of the word. So we suggest, Your Majesty, that they be insulted and sent back to Jerusalem. David will be furious. That's just what we want, to show him that we know what he's up to. Well, <laughs> how do you propose to insult the ambassadors? Cut off 
the lower part of their garments uh, and half of their beards uh, and send them back to David. They will be laughed at by all who see them. <laughs> that will make David furious. <laughs> all right, counselors, it is ordered. Cut off half of their beards and the lower half of their garments and send them back to Jerusalem. <laughs> Your Majesty, they were insulted by the Ammonites. Insulted? How were they insulted? Half of their beards were shaved off. Worse still, the lower half of their garments were cut off, and they were made to return all the way in that shameful condition. Uh, I'll tell them they may remain in the royal palace until their beards are grown back. Send chariots after them, that they may not suffer the shame of being seen by the population of Jerusalem. Yes, Your Majesty. were ashamed of the ambassadors we sent back half-clothed and only half-bearded? <laughs> they stand ashamed before all Israel, sir. <laughs> uh, well, it is a good time to make war against David, wouldn't you say? Oh, an ideal time, your majesty. Uh, <laughs> but right now, sir, we do not have sufficient force to do much, if anything, against Israel. Uh, we'll hire a force from the nations around about First, send someone to the king at Syria, asking him if we... How many men and chariots do we have now? About 50,000 footmen, your majesty, and 32,000 chariots and horsemen. Ah, enough to defeat the Israelites without even half trying. And I have a plan of battle his majesty will approve. I'll proceed with the telling of it and we shall see. Your majesty, I suggest that the Syrians of Beth Rehob and the Syrians of Zeba and Rehob at Ishtab approach the enemy from different directions. We will have David completely surrounded with a wall of brave, gallant men. There will be no escaping such a trap. David and all Israel will become a tributary of Ammon. Yeah. <laughs> Your suggestion is excellent. <laughs> I shall instruct my general to conduct the war exactly as you have suggested. We will win. <laughs> Syria have fled the battle. Oh. We fight the Israelites alone. Well, is there a chance that we may win? No, Your Majesty. Oh, well, and tell the men to retreat, every man for himself. The General of His Majesty forces to see His Majesty Hanan, great and mighty King of Ammon. You may enter, Lord General. Lord of the King. Your request for an audience stated that you can assure me of a way to defeat the Israelites. Yes, Your Majesty. Well? Uh, all the nations from the great river Euphrates to the east and the Mediterranean Sea on the west and all the peoples to the north and as far south as Egypt hate the Israelites. Uh -huh. They are growing too great in power. Uh -huh. I suggest that we form an alliance, a coalition among ourselves against 
Israel. Yeah. It would be a formidable alliance, one the Israelites simply could not cope with. And we, uh, you, O oh king, would be the ruler of the world. Uh, good. Good thinking, General. Excellent. I shall send ambassadors to the various nations at once. <laughs> king David isn't as smart as he thinks he is, <laughs> and neither is their god. <laughs> Well, General Joab, it seems as if the Ammonites just won't give up. This time, I myself will lead our forces, and with the help of God, we will win again. General Joab? Yes, sir. I am Hanan, King of Ammon. Yes, I am aware. I wish to see your king, the great and mighty King David. I am David. Welcome to the Israelite camp, Your Majesty. What? What is your price for... for surrender? Oh, we will never surrender, Your Majesty. I mean, our surrender. The same as the rest of the nations who have surrendered. You will pay Israel tribute. You will be a tributary state under Israel's control. Very well. Agreed. Joab, order the men to stop the war. It's won. Thanks to a long-suffering and gracious God, he has saved us. Exalted be the God of our deliverance, the God that subdueth peoples and executeth vengeance. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Let's love God with everything we've got. Jesus said that's the great commandment. What's a commandment? Well, it's a rule for us to obey. Matthew 22:37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor.
Hey, Dora, wait up. What do you want, Carlos? I'm in a hurry. I just wanted to know that I did what you told me to do. That's unusual. I started praying to God. Well, who else would you pray to? Wait, you don't understand. He's not listening. Kind of like you right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Talking to God is important, and I should listen to you, even if I am in a hurry. Why isn't God listening to you? I don't know. I told him what I needed, and nothing happened. Like yesterday, I prayed that I'd get a good grade on my history test. I got a C minus. Did you study? Well, yeah, a little. Well, not much. Okay, no. And you thought God would just pop the answers into your head because why? Because I asked. I asked nicely. Carlos, God isn't Santa Claus. He doesn't come down the chimney and leave good grades lying around. Dora, Santa Claus isn't real. You know that, don't you? Yes, I know that. I'm saying that God doesn't just give you stuff. It's like my dad tells me. When you ask God for something, he doesn't say yes or no. He usually says, here's how. After you ask for a good grade, was there a little voice in your head saying, you might want to study your history lessons? Hey, yeah, I heard that voice. Didn't listen. Well, there you go. Next time you pray, sit and listen for a while. God's probably trying to tell you what you need to do. Now, if you'll excuse me. Thanks, Dora. You're a good friend, even if you got an A on that test. I listened. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 9, Hot on the Trail. The morning of the picnic dawned crystal clear and Chris thought they would never get to the park. Since the weather was finally nice again, all the families had agreed to go along. He and Ryan leaned out of their car windows, waving to the park ranger as they drove past the booth at the front entrance. Nice day for a picnic, the ranger said. Or for a treasure hunt, Maria called. Shh, Ryan hissed from the back seat. You're the third group of kids that's mentioned that, the ranger said. What's going on? Come by our picnic a little later, Mrs. Vargas encouraged him. We'll be glad to tell you all about it. The ranger nodded and waved them on. That's all we need, Ryan muttered, his arms folded over his chest. Another adult involved. 
think, Ryan, Maria said. What's a park ranger going to do if he sees someone digging on park property without permission? It's illegal, you know. Oh, Ryan said quietly, then added, just as long as we don't have to share the treasure with him. What makes you think this treasure is really going to be ours, Maria asked. Because we found it, Ryan said. All right, all right, Chris said. Don't you think we should find the treasure before we start fighting over who owns it? I agree, Mrs. Vargas said over her shoulder. Besides, we're here. The car turned into a parking space beneath some large oak trees. Chris could see the other shoebox kids and their family setting up the picnic. Willie and his dad played catch on the grass nearby. Dee Dee and Sammy were helping the adults put out the food. Watermelon, all right, Chris said as they piled out of the car, and potato salad. Looks as though you kids might want to hang around a little while before you start exploring for your treasure, Mrs. Vargas said. Not me, Ryan said. I want to get out of here before any other adults hear about what we're doing. Come on, Chris. Chris started to leave with Ryan, but he saw Mrs. Vargas's look. I I think we need to wait until after lunch, Chris said to Ryan. Ryan sighed. Chris enjoyed the food so much that he actually slowed down enough to taste it. He was on his third piece of watermelon when the park ranger appeared. So what's this I hear about a treasure hunt, the ranger asked. Despite Ryan's protests, Maria, Jenny, and Willie told the ranger everything that had happened to them, including finding the book and the map, the old riverbed, and the two crows. Now all we have to do is find a waterfall, Maria said. The treasure is supposedly buried there. The ranger lifted his hat and scratched his head. Well, if that doesn't beat all, he said, I know the story of the train holdup, and I've seen the two rocks you call the two crows, but I've got bad news for you kids. There's no waterfall on park property, at least not anymore. What do you mean, anymore, Ryan asked. In reply, the radio on the ranger's belt squawked loudly. Ranger Bob, you're needed at the office immediately. Ranger Bob switched his radio off and looked up at the kids. I've got to go right now, but I'll be back to check on you. You kids are welcome to explore the park all you want, he said. Just don't go digging holes everywhere, okay? He waved and walked back to his truck. No waterfall, Chris repeated weakly. No waterfall anymore, Ryan corrected him. That means there was one here once. Yeah, but where, Chris asked. I suggest, Maria said, as the other shoebox kids joined them, that we look where there's water. They got permission to leave and headed down to the edge of the lake. What now? Willie asked as the group stood around Willie's wheelchair, looking out at the water. Well, this lake wasn't here when Tom Elliott hid the money, Chris said. We need to decide where the canyon would be if it were here. He looked back at the dam, then turned the opposite direction. That way, he said, pointing towards some distant cliffs. They headed north, following the road that circled the edge of the lake. Hey, Chris, Sammy yelled from up ahead a few minutes later. I think we went in a circle. I can hear the spillway from the dam ahead of us. That's not a spillway, Sammy, Willie yelled, just turning the next corner. It's a waterfall. Chris's heart raced as fast as his feet did as he and Maria ran to catch up. But as soon as they rounded the corner, his hopes fell. That's not a waterfall, dummy, Ryan said to Willie. That's just some rapids. Chris looked at the rushing water spilling over some boulders in the canyon ahead of them. Where to now, Jenny said, looking back at Chris. Chris shrugged. Up there, Ryan shouted over the sound of the water. Look! He pointed to a dark streak on the side of the canyon wall. The ranger said there used to be a waterfall around here, he said. That must be it. But Ryan, there are black streaks all along that wall, Maria said. That's just where the rainwater drains into the stream. Besides, that cliff is way too dangerous to climb. Yeah, Ryan, Sammy said. Why don't we wait and ask the ranger for help? 
Forget it, Ryan said. Our treasure is right up there. He pointed up the rock face. Coming, Chris? Chris looked at Ryan, then back at the others. His heart pounded faster and faster as he tried to decide what to do. Should he stay with his friends or go after the treasure? you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.